0: This is This Day Rocks from Vintage Rock Pod. I'm Paul Stevenson. Today is May 21st, and we'll start on this day in 1965 when Time magazine in America released a special edition fronted with Rock and Roll Everybody's Turned On. It was 10 years into the rock and roll era, and this marked a landmark moment that showed that rock was here to stay. On this day in 1983, ZZ Top released a video for their latest single, Gimme All Your Lovin'. It marked the first appearance of the Eliminator, Billy Gibbons' beautiful 1933 Hot Rod. The car would appear in more videos in the future and became closely associated with the band, to the point that Gibbons had another one built just like it to take on tour. Also on this day in 1983, David Bowie's Let's Dance went to number one on the US chart. And speaking of number ones, it was on this day in 1977 that Fleetwood Mac's rumours replaced the Eagles' Hotel California on the top spot of the album chart. Phenomenal back-to-back albums topping the chart. You can only dream of that today, can't we? On this day in 1970, at the record plant in Los Angeles, Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young record Ohio. It's a song written by Neil Young about the Kent State shootings a couple of weeks earlier. On this day in 1975, after a show in Knoxville, Tennessee, Alice Cooper left his 13-foot boa constrictor in a hotel bathroom. The snake disappeared down the toilet, reappearing two weeks later in a room occupied by country singer Charlie Pride. That would be a surprise, wouldn't it? And on this day in 1979, Elton John became the first Western actor to tour the USSR when he played the first of eight concerts, the first in Leningrad. But for today's main show, we're going to remember another person we lost far too soon. Yes, born on this day in 1943 was Vincent Rodney Cheeseman, great name. Better known to us, though, as Vincent Crane. He was an English keyboard player best known for his work with The Crazy World of Arthur Brown, he co-wrote the worldwide smash hit Fire, and for his time in Atomic Rooster 2. He achieved success with Arthur Brown, but left to form Atomic Rooster with soon-to-be drumming legend Carl Palmer. Rooster's first gig was actually at the Lyceum in London, where they headlined the show with Deep Purple in support. The band had two big hits, Devil's Answer in 1971, which went to number four, and Tomorrow Night, which peaked at number 11 in 1970. Now, as well as his time with those two bands, he also worked with Rory Gallagher, Peter Green and Dexy's Midnight Runners. Despite his success, Vincent suffered with mental health issues and bipolar disorder and died when he was just 45 years old of a deliberate overdose of anodine tablets in 1989. Now I've interviewed a couple of people who worked with Vincent. Check out the great story Arthur Brown told me on episode 76 about how he, Vincent and Jimi Hendrix almost formed a band together. Yes, you have to check that one out, episode 76. But I'm going to play you a short clip from Steve Bolton, guitarist known as Boltz, who worked with The Who and also joined Atomic Rooster. Now, this clip taken from my interview with bolts on episode 69 of Vintage Rock Pod tells the story of how he joined Atomic Rooster.
2: In those days, you'd get there were two main music papers, the Enemy, yep. and the Melody Maker. And they both had, had, especially the Melody Maker, had classified ads in the back you know, musicians wanted for this band, no Breadheads, all that sort of thing. But also, top bands. So I saw this advert for, it was like a little box advert, slightly bigger than the rest, and it had Atomic Rooster uh, require a lead guitar player to start immediately for a US tour. Phone phone number, which is Vincent Crane's phone number, you know. Wow. You wouldn't get that now. No. <laughs> so I, um, I, I must say, at this point, I was actually in the band. I was... In Manchester, I was a rhythm guitar player. In fact, not because I was, you know, because I really, that's what I wanted to be. Mm -hmm. So, and at this point, uh, I didn't really feel confident to be a lead guitar player. You know, I was just really. So, a friend of mine, James Lederland, who who was playing in Coliseum at the time, uh, overnight, like one, one, in 24 hours, he gave me like some lessons, lead guitar lessons. Wow. Before I went for this audition with Atomic Rooster. And uh, anyway, I got the job. (laughs) <laughs> and, and it was insane. Before you know, before, before I knew it, I was off to America. And you know, the states in 1971 was kind of like the 60s. I mean, it was complete chaos. You know, you played gigs and people were just hanging from the walls at the side of the stage. <laughs> no security then. It was just bags of grass being thrown. You know, it was like full on. Yeah. So I had a uh, two tours back to back, both six week tours, and Rick Parnell, who was a drummer here's my guru shall we say he taught me you know various things to do you know what i'm saying uh, <laughs> but we taught america and it, it was just amazing you know it was just like so i was in rooster for the first these 18 months i would say from you know 1971 to 72 and the singer in the band was pete french because at that point vincent had got rid of all the other two john can and uh, and paul hammond had left so that left vincent crane who by the way I'd seen play at Manchester University. I used to go to gigs at the Uni on Oxford Road. And I'd seen The Crazy World of Arthur Brown. This happened with The Who, you know. I would see these bands and you know, I
0: never think,
2: you know, that one day you'd be playing with them. So that was two years previously.
0: No, this day rocks tomorrow as it's a big interview show and I can reveal it's a white snake guitarist, so you won't want to miss it. So until then, take care.